you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. The Around the NFL podcast is all about Chris Wesley. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I think Wes ordered that uh, intro himself. How else could we have gotten that? It must be a Wessling order. It's Wes. been a good 2016 for me. Wow. I see where, where this, this whole enterprise is going right now. It's about me. Um, <laughs> it's about me. I do like when, when Greg uh, jumps the drop and throws in about me. I was waiting. Like I was, I was waiting for a pause, but yeah. Greg just was on it. Yep. I am the drop. Uh, we have... <laughs> We have one other person here. And Bart, you know, I don't think any of this is happening if not for this man. Uh, He gave us our first job in the studio. Yeah. And he is the host (laughs) of the Dave Damshek football program, which you can see on YouTube, NFL Now, NFL.com. Check it out on Stitcher, iTunes, Dave Damshek. You guys are still doing the show. I think it's terrific. <laughs> you guys. I love it. Uh, what a pleasure. Welcome course, back. Certainly not true at all. Uh, great talents all seated around this table. This is no way. If if there were any truth, if there if you actually believed what you just said, I suspect <laughs> that you wouldn't have me riding hump here in the studio. <laughs> This is I, I yeah. see what you do. You do it not just to me. You do, you do it to Lindsay Road. You make her ride hump. I sure do. That's not very gentlemanly. <laughs> I'm stuck in here in between the four of you. Well, there's not really room for a fifth seat is what you're referring to. You're kind of at the angle, and you're you're – you're like the young kid in the middle. Yeah, Rosenthal, you could just sit on Wesley's lap or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Damn shit climbing up the common man rankings with the use of use. <laughs> <laughs> Dave is back um, uh, with us. It's been a long time, so it's time to catch up. Dave's sitting in on the whole show. This is exciting. Oh, that is exciting. I know. Me at least. Big show coming up. We are now 
you know, still a ways off, of course, from Super Bowl 50. Um, but we have uh, today's show. We'll be back Thursday with a video show. Oh, by the way, this podcast is sponsored by a good friend of ours, Scott Trade. Oh, yeah. Very good friend. Uh, if you want, if you, you like money, Wes? Yes, I need more of it. I like the little that I have. Okay. I'm trying to get something going here. You always answer too much. I'll try with Mark. Uh, Mark, you like money? Oh, yeah. You want more of it? Sure. Call up Scott. Scott Trade. Will do. We didn't need money on Tybee Island. <laughs> we, it, we we applied the barter system. It were, it were plum terrific. That's pretty close to the truth. Too. <laughs> Scott Trade is a great uh, financial service. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sheck over there on his show is rocking McDonald's, old Mickey D's. That's right. Uh, which I, I feel is one of the main reasons I, I was, you know, berserk earlier this season on the pod that we didn't have anything because Shaq had the the greatest fast food giant uh, in American history. So congratulations. Two powerful brands, you know, <laughs> joining first forces to become even a stronger one. And, mm. You know, it, I don't know if you saw the news earlier in the week, but McDonald's profits soaring. <laughs> Of late, mm. good for them. What, cha- what changed for McDonald's? You do the math. <laughs> Today's show, uh, you know, we're going to get in some news. There's some news cooking around. We're not going to dive in too hard into Panthers, Broncos just yet. We'll touch on some elements uh, going on around the game. We'll really start to dig in on Thursday show. And then, of course, once we get to San Francisco, where we will be doing uh, three shows from San Fran. Or no, we'll. Well, what are we doing Sunday? Well, we're not doing a Sunday show, I guess. Well, we're doing a three shows from San Francisco. Yes. Two during the week, Tuesday, Thursday, which will also be uh, on video. And uh, then after the after the game, we'll do our traditional post-Super Bowl night. Yeah, and there there's buzz about, like, you know, we've done it in the press box in past years. They're trying to put us up somewhere else. Might even get, you know, who knows, into a radio station. That would be classy. It would be cool. This just in, we are going to be in a radio There you go. Oh, hubba, yeah. hubba. That's neat, but what about on the field? I, well, I guess if radio the station will sound slick and everything else, but atop <laughs> uh, uh, the confetti that had followed well, moments before would be neat. Well, here's the thing. It's like we – because we have to do all the writing, by the time we get to the show going, it's like midnight. Take you out. And then we finish the show, and then everyone – we're the last people in the stadium at the Super Bowl, and then you wander – aimlessly outside and nobody knows where where to go no one sit, knows where to send you remember td who produced i think all of our super bowl shows uh, particularly bum because he had to get back to somewhere to like somehow upload the whole thing he was up all night Poor well TD. he was he also he had no problem jumping in a cab by himself and vanishing <laughs> not while the that. rest of us were looking for another <laughs> cab which took another hour wait go back for a second so yeah. you guys are still writing <laughs> we're, we're give that crap up already we're Enough multiple we're hybrids. One-stop shop. That is like a Dave. Sometimes, you know, Dave's in the newsroom. He only talks to the above-the-liners, so you have no <laughs> relationship with any of our edit staff or anyone no. like that. We we are amongst the people still. <laughs> mm. uh, we love our edit team. We love the desk team led by David Ely and uh, Nobby. And, you know, we're still in touch. It's about being in touch with the people, Dave. It's important. I don't know who those people you just mentioned <laughs> are, but I'm sure they're very nice. We're also touching – I call this the bizarro pain rankings. Of course, I had – of course, Mark, famously, I had my off-season uh, series, the pain rankings, ranking the seven most pain franchises in NFL history. Your Browns are number one. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, they're still number one after this season. Uh, Greg wrote a nice piece about the Pats, and uh, that's why I called the bizarro pain rankings – 
They have lost nine times in the playoffs in the Belichick era. Uh, so Greg uh, wrote up one to nine. <laughs> what are you shaking your head about? Wes Jakes said, "We'll talk about that." Oh, wait, list. Uh, you're taking we'll you're taking Cleveland's only achievement away from them and replaced it with the Patriots. That's we'll get into playoff it. Yeah. losses aren't that painful. I mean, you guys don't know what true oh. pain is. Oh no 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 no! no, no, no. no. That's so wrong. You that's, guys have no idea what true wrong. pain is. Wes, you haven't been a f- you've, I'm not you've been out of a fandom game too long. I'm not comparing it to that. They're different animals. They the are reality is they've lost more uh, it is big time w- games than it all is those teams. Way better in my from where I sit. And believe me, yes. Well, Dave, you root for the Steelers, so you don't know what it is to know pain. Well, first of all, not unlike Rosenthal. And his Patriots, the Steelers have experienced plenty of pain. Look at, uh, you know, a week and a half ago in Denver. That was a heartbreaking loss for the Steelers. There are many of those. But besides that, you know, compare it to I'm also a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. 20 years of losing seasons. That was fine with me. It was embarrassing. But by June, the season was over. It was it was a mild, <laughs> dull pain. What's bad are those are those losses that are going to haunt you for the rest of your days, and that's what happens in January. You are so so wrong. <laughs> uh, you are so then, wrong. And we got to move, guys, because we got another big thing cooking at the end of this show. It's been a while. We had to put it on hiatus because there were just too many tomato cans in the listening audience. No offense, guys. Uh, the game is. Still my favorite drop that we have. Just a <laughs> total piece of S drop. Can I hear it again? <laughs> Sounds like a space station blowing McDonald's up in a bad 70s movie. Um, so, Sheck versus Wes. One of my favorite things is Sheck taking on Wes, and we'll talk about it a little more later. Chief tomato can. Uh, I'm not good, but you know what? I, you know what I got? I got pluck, and you have to admire it. And here's, here's what else you got. You have maybe a, <laughs> a maybe too much. too much patience for a game that's timed. You always make sure you got that one answer that you answer. You answer it right. Here's what else you got. This is Super Bowl edition. <laughs> Super Bowl trivia, which I feel like might be in your wheelhouse, Dave. Ooh. I'm uh, nervous. Yeah, I was reared on uh, on Super Bowl glory. Okay. All right, so <laughs> let's get into it all. Sydney behind the glass, how are you, dear? I am well, thank you. How's everybody? Good. How was Disneyland this past weekend? It was so good. <laughs> it As always. always. Do you say that every Tuesday? I, I mean, it usually <laughs> checks out. How many? Do you know that check? How many times have you been to Disneyland in the last year? Uh, well, yeah, this year it's probably been like ten. I've been twice in the last week. So really, that Wait, oh, ten. your kids love it there, then, huh? I do not have kids, <laughs> but. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sydney's like 18 years old. How many kids? <laughs> How many? You you don't have multiple kids. You only have one little one. Then? No, just just me. I I am the I am the child. Wait a second, but but Hansus just mentioned that you go to Disneyland all the mm-hmm. time. That doesn't line up. No, and I I go with other people who also don't have kids. He's so messing with it's a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Very strange. Very strange. Hey, you left the Packers off your list, too. Talk about painful losses. How about being a Packers fan of late? That's a bad really really tough to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I know, but still, you know. Give me a break with Bitter losses. The definition of pain in these circles is crazy to me. Um, All right, so, yes, win Wes's toaster, Sheck versus Wes, part three. So let's get to it. Uh, Sydney, let's do some news. Yes, there was – some news buried within the Peyton Manning, Bill Belichick midfield uh, meeting uh, after Sunday's AFC ch- uh, championship game uh, where this is what, and I don't know if it will come across too well in audio, but we'll give it a shot. This is what Peyton Manning had to say to Bill Belichick in their little exchange. 
Hey, listen, this might be my last rodeo, so it sure has been a pleasure. And Belichick, I hate this because one of my favorite things is despising Bill Belichick's character and having no respect for him as a man, as a coach. I have uh, tons of respect. Well, that's uh, big of you. His response, you are a great competitor. He also said, I hope you go all the way. It's great, too, that we have Sheck on the show today because Sheck, who it's been his bread and butter for years with this company, to uh, shovel dirt <laughs> on Peyton Manning's legacy and besmirch one it of the great the competitors of in the value. history of the game. <laughs> now, at age 39, with his tank on E, has a chance to steal a Super Bowl on the way out the back door. That's going to be crushing for you, by the way. Well, I mean, the the idea, and Hanzoos, you love to push this issue it, that I actually care if Peyton wins or loses. No, you I, do. It's true. It's, so Bucky's like the X's and O guy. X's and O's guy. You're Elliot's the historian. You're the anti-Peyton Manning guy. That's, That's <laughs> the, the, the role you've carved out. For the record, have I been wrong about anything I've said about Peyton Manning? Yes. Well, tell, tell me specifically. Yes. Where, 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 you where owe me aired. a sandwich for one of those things that was wrong. That's true. I did, You know <laughs> what? what? I stay corrected. You honestly discounted him coming back from neck surgery. No, I no, no, you no. absolutely no, no, did. No, 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 no. That's not true. I said three years ago. Peyton will not win another Super Bowl. That was my assertion. Mm. Not, by the way, to clarify for the Broncos fans who have revealed themselves to be as weird a fan base as there is, and that's Mm. saying something in the 32 NFL circles, that the Broncos fans, upon winning a, a, a ticket to Super Bowl 50, have reacted with demands of apologies That's ridiculous. and insistence <laughs> that you have disrespected number 18, the sheriff, and you should be ashamed and quit your job and perhaps spend time behind bars for having that opinion. I don't think that – I'm mean, really – hey, guys, I think you're missing the point here. The uh, it, You got to the Super Bowl. You're supposed to be happy. It's not your chance to uh, seek vengeance on those who doubted you. Sure. But I, yeah. Peyton Manning – All I've ever said about him, not that he chokes, rather that not unlike Greg Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin, when they were at their dominant heights, their particular styles lent themselves to dominance against mediocre competition in July, not against October big bats with uh, powerful lineups. Peyton Manning's style doesn't lend itself to postseason success when the weather drops and the defensive competition rises. I hope you enjoy watching him in the Super Bowl this I year. Good luck to Peyton. And imagine, nice imagine he has like a nice little game and they win. And, he won't. And they and <laughs> trophy. Oh, that will really I'll stick it to you. It, the fact that this someone could believe this couldn't be his last roadie. I mean, come on. Of course it's his Ridiculous. last roadie. Well, yeah. A month and a half ago, it looked like he was going to go out on the bench the Broncos might not even make the playoffs. They might get swept out of the playoffs in the first round. Now he is, he's in the Super Bowl. You have to end on that note. You winner hope moves. he does, but you never know with pro athletes. You never know when, when they is. don't want to go, even if they everything's Oh, which means should. he'll be playing for the Texans next year, which will be hyper-depressing. It could Just end up being it. an even worse scenario than sitting the bench behind Brock Osweiler. Well, the decision is made. By the time he's telling Bill Belichick on the field that it might be his last rodeo, and the fact he's bringing out his entire family on the field to take pictures two hours yeah. after the game, and he's putting Marshall Manning his son on the podium with him. That's all. That's all things you do when you know you're leaving, and it's it's cool that he's going out like this. Uh, I agree. 
In other news, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, uh, of course, Peyton Manning's great rival over the years, took a historic beating in the AFC title game. 20 hits, according to NFL research. Uh, reporter Jeff Howe for the Boston Herald actually tracked 25 hits when he rewatched the tape. Either way, the guy took uh, a vicious beating, and it led to someone else taking a hit. It is the Patriots offensive line coach. I'm going to try this. Dave DeGuglielmo. The guy, the Italian guy that gets <laughs> mad when I don't pronounce Italian words correctly is going to be upset about that. Oh, yeah. Dave DeGuglielmo has been let go. He has been he was the offensive Googs. line coach for the pet Googs. We'll call him Googs for the past two seasons. And uh, Rap Sheet reported um, Monday that he had actually been getting credit uh, within the organization for taking a beat up line, was missing mm. key starters and making it work. I mean, they got to the final four of the NFL with a really uh, patchwork line, but. Ultimately, you can kind of see he's a victim of, of circumstance, right? But at the same time, when the fra- face of the franchise and the most important player in the history of the Patriots uh, almost gets killed in the field, I guess I could see why they felt like they had to act. I guess. It feels like a scapegoat, scapegoat move because if you're him and you've had the most line combinations in the league, we watch other teams lose one or two linemen and it's over for their offense. He's had to coach up more linemen than anyone in the league, and he did a really good job with it up until the final game of the season. Kind of a fall guy scenario. Well, there was talk that they weren't thrilled with him last year. Then they win the Super Bowl. You're not going to fire him after winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> he was replacing a guy who we actually mentioned when he got fired. Dante Scarnecchia was literally the longest tenured coach in the league and known as one of the great you know, O-line and assistant coaches of all time who had been with them since the 70s. So it's tough to replace that guy. He's coming from the Tony Soprano tree. who had Rex Ryan brought him into New York, didn't last there, you know. I'll tell you this. There have been other high-profile guys. Of course, the first half of the season, everybody was talking about how crummy the Seahawks line was. Tom Cable turned that around. Mike Munchak did a great job without a couple of great uh, big-time pieces in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, the, the Patriots didn't respond terribly well to the losses. And, uh, you know, I don't. people keep talking about what the Broncos did and how they exposed that O-line. Didn't the Jets do that in week 16? Didn't the Dolphins do that to some degree? Didn't even yeah. the Giants do that mm-hmm. when they almost knocked them off? This is a, a nasty little trend for Tom Brady. And, in fact, on some level, don't you have to put it on Josh McDaniels? They didn't move the pocket at all. Obviously, he's not going to Cam Newton or Russell Wilson and run away from the pressure, but at, at least move the pocket a little bit. Their response was, let's just keep uh, Gronk, our best pass catcher, in line to be an extra blocker most Well, of what are you going to do? You have five or six guys in to block four they blitz less than any game in Wade Phillips or in the entire Broncos season Wade Phillips played more zone coverage which kind of confused Tom Brady but basically they never sent any extra rushers and they couldn't stop him I mean what are you going to do when guys are winning one-on-one matchups over and over let's uh check in now moving on to the injury um uh, check in on the Super Bowl 50. Uh, good thing here is it doesn't seem like there's a lot of major injuries. Uh, so there's not like a Terrell Owens injury hanging over the game or anything, but there is some significant guys. And Thomas Davis, the Panthers linebacker, is one of them. He went out of the game with a uh, the NFC title game with a broken arm in the second quarter against the Cardinals. He had surgery on Monday morning, and Ron Rivera told reporters that Davis could play in two weeks. Wes, how big would it be if Davis can't play? Because, it, I don't know get a surgery on a broken arm, it's hard to imagine he's going to have a big role. Sort of tricky to say how big it is because he has been one of the most underappreciated linebackers in the league for the past few years. 
Part of that is because just because of how the Pro Bowl works, four three outside linebackers don't get in. He's a leader for this team. But also it's a credit to Dave Gettleman that you could plug your first-round linebacker, Shaq Thompson, right in there. And you might lose some leadership, but they do a lot of two-linebacker sets. You plug him in if Thomas Davis has trouble going in the first quarter. I think you're just fine with Shaq Thompson. Has Thomas Davis uh, has is coming off three ACL tears surpassed um, – Jimmy Graham being a basketball player in his past as the most referenced hmm. uh, factoid about a player <laughs> during a telecast. Oh, I think Jerome Bettis is from Detroit will always be number one on the list. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez is a basketball player. is pretty high up there, too. I, listen, come on. Don't ignore the uh, grand Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? That's a big good one. one. That's a good one. Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. True. That might be the king. Uh, no, wh- by the way, not in shape at the combine when they took a picture. <laughs> it's a bummer, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. It's a, it is a bummer for Thomas Davis if he doesn't get to play. I think in football terms, they can survive it. But man, that guy, like you say, the, yeah, uh, as you, I have brought up now for the one million and first time, three big knee surgeries on him. Man, let the, I hope the guy gets out so. there. Come on, football gods, let him Jack Youngblood this thing. You would you would think <laughs> that one hit on that arm would re-break it though, but who knows? These guys are freaks. Uh, on the Broncos' side, um, safety Darian Stewart suffered an MCL sprain. Rap sheet reports that he should be good to go. So not a lot of injuries. That's good. That's good because when there's always – it seems like every Super Bowl, one of the quote-unquote beat writers, like Mark, for instance, this year is – Quote-unquote. Co- covering – Well, it's just weird Shots to call fired. him a beat writer. <laughs> Intrepid reporter, Mark. Intrepid well, reporter. it's a job that we do about 10 days out of right, the year, exactly. so that's fair. So Mark is covering the Broncos, and usually it's like the Gronk injury. It's always one injury a year that you're, you waste your time writing four articles about. You don't have to do that. Still, well, quote-unquote, seemed a little unnecessary. I would like <laughs> – it did feel unnecessary. It feels like when we go in thinking, oh, you know what? It's going to be a nice light load. There's no injuries. Something will replace it. Someone oh, yeah. will get arrested at two in the no morning. No deflategate, though. Well, no, not yet. Yeah. But something, something will happen. Will, Mark's right. That's something will jump in. Got a moment of silence. One year ago, like uh. this week, we were talking about deflategate. Marone. Stupidest controversy in sports history. <sighs> I don't like that the Broncos don't have any black in their uniform. It's all white. We'll get to that, Shay. <laughs> we'll get to that. Eagles <laughs> make two tight end moves uh, this week. Uh, they signed Zach Ertz to a five-year, $42 million extension. That's decent guap for Zach Ertz. And Brent Selleck, uh, their veteran who's been there forever, signed a three-year deal on Tuesday uh, as a little hint, it seems, Mark, into the future offense of Doug Peterson. Some two tight end sets, get a little funky with Ertz as your pass catcher and Selleck doing the dirty work. Well, I mean, we saw what Peterson like that, did with, with Kelsey in Kansas City. When it comes to Ertz, one of the quickest reactions was – former Eagles executive Joe Banner saying that Ertz actually should never have signed for this little amount of money. Oh, yeah. That he should have gotten way more and that he's, it's all this old model tight end contract that he is caught on the back end of. Well, not only that, anyone signing now, it, it seems stupid. You've played the season. You've had the risk. People don't realize the salary cap is going up, what, 13, 14 million. There are, no teams have any salary cap problems. The, the salaries this year are going to go up so much. That Mike Daniels contract where he got four for 40, like he would have gotten five for 100 or so. People are going to be paid so much more in this market, and you've already played the season. Why not wait mm, and go have 32 teams bid on you? He's, his December was the most prolific December in, in tight right. end history. Teams would be going yards. crazy to pay. Well, another making the leap candidate one year later. See, I think That's you figured out making the leap. 
you make the leap, but then it becomes true about seven, eight hundred days after the right. fact. Like Still the, true. It's like making the crow hop. Chase Daniel, it's coming. That was it's been three <laughs> it's years. It's also three years coming. Next year he's going to sign with yep. the Eagles, and we'll look. At the time that uh, Deion Lewis signed his deal and then immediately got hurt for the season, right, I thought, oh, thing. thank goodness for him he got that deal just in time. But now in hindsight, after watching James White and Brandon Bolden fight uh, those Tom Brady balls all day long, yeah. uh, yeah, Deion Lewis appears even more valuable. Tear that thing up. Do you think that um, Chris Berman – calls um, Zach everybody Ertz, or is that too recent a single, 1992? Yeah, I don't think he's into Orion. <laughs> is 92 like, too current? I think anything past the Rolling Stones yeah. in their prime is probably too current for Jack, Berman. Jack, can we hear some Berman? It's one of my uh, favorite impressions uh, uh, of yours. Teach, teach, look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got R.E.M. You got the – wait, I'm not – that wasn't good. Uh, teach, look, you, you got R.E.M., you got the Cure – you, you got uh, Rage Against the Machine. Look, there are a lot of bands that are popular in the late 80s and early 90s. But Creedence Clearwater Revival still making some pretty good music. This just in, old music is better for old whiteys like me. I, 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 I was there. I, that, that was offensive. The hand motions, which exactly. you don't get on the audio no, version look, of the yeah. show. Yeah, he, well, the, the move with Chris Berman is the self-interruption. That's his movie. He gets he, – he, on his third example that he'll throw out there, he'll be like, look, you got Tom Brady, you got Peyton Manning, you got Philip Ritt. Look, there are a lot of great quarterbacks in the AFC. But Ben Roethlisberger is putting something pretty special together in Pittsburgh. This just in, the black and gold don't breathe. Don't breathe. Back on the bus. I don't know. Uh, that, was, that wasn't my best. Play. By the way, Berman also gave up the ghost. I don't know if anybody saw any ESPN coverage on Sunday. Went high and tight up top now. Really? That weird orange. Did he? Yeah, there, it was high and tight. His. Hmm. Oh, sounds like I'll a shut up. Movie. I was going to say something. Probably better not to say it. Uh, real quick, Shaq, in um, one minute or less, Broncos wearing white jerseys in the Super Bowl. 0-4 wearing orange jerseys. You are the uniform monitor. Your thoughts? Aesthetically, I'm fine with it. I do like both Panthers getups more than most people do. People seem to think that they're in line for a redo, and I think they're, in fact, going to to give themselves one. I'm fine with what they wear. The Broncos are better served by, if you look up the AFL getups they wore, the orange hats and orange jerseys that they wore back in 94, those are very handsome. Don Quixote artwork. If, you, if you're familiar with what you always see, what's synonymous with Don Quixote, that skeletal kind of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, drawing I, it is what the logo is. Those are my favorite Broncos. Either way, I love, from a historical football perspective, the move of going with the white jerseys at home. The Eagles did that in 80 to the Cowboys. It's a big NFC East move. For because the Cowboys always like to wear the white jerseys at home, mm. so their divisional foes would make them flip and wear their dark jerseys that they thought they played worse in. The Eagles did that in '80, and then Red 80, Warfare. Yeah, and then in '82, DC made them do it when they paid a visit to mm. the NFC Championship in oh. RFK. Both times, coincidentally or not, the Cowboys lost. If there are any uniform questions on Win West, Win West's toaster, I'm going to be the tomato <laughs> can. You're cooked, baby. <laughs> and finally. Uh, good news uh, for one of our favorite uh, players on the Around the NFL podcast, Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage, Cleveland Browns tight end going to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> he would join teammates Joe Thomas, Alex Mack. I'm mad for it, mate. You know, I've never been off of Queen Mum's Island. It's mega, mate. It's going to be great. I'm going to go on the island over in Hawaii. Yeah, mate. Probably the worst 
British accent I've ever heard. Oh, is that what that was? Oh, I thought it was courageous (laughs) of Hanzoos to show up and still do the show after a stroke. (laughs) Listen, mate, you go to Pro Bowl, I don't care how many alternates there are. Did anyone elected to the Pro Bowl? Is anyone who was elected actually attending now? These every day they're no. Well, we were talking about downstairs that it now, according to ESPN, just tweeted out that 135 players have been named to the Pro Bowl this season at this point. Really? <laughs> or, have, or have rejected it? I like the move. No, have I mean total they, have been end of the game. I like the move where the Jaguars and the Chargers. I noticed they bothered to mention that. Well. Philip Rivers, who was the third or fourth alternate, or Blake Bortles, who was the fifth alternate, they actually rejected being, you know, <laughs> but they bothered to put that out there. They could have gone to the Pro Bowl, but they're not going to. I'm even sorry. Though they you weren't. Hey, on the Pro I Bowl say for the, for the thousandth time, this is, I think, a, is a banner idea. Replace the Pro Bowl with the Loser Bowl, which is the two worst teams by record playing one another. The winner of that game gets the first overall pick. I love it. Who wouldn't watch that? And I say Loser Bowl because it provides – I think people would. That's going to put something on the line for all the draft picks and stuff. People go crazy for that. And, first of all, you get it sponsored by Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers, the Loser Bowl, and so it it ties in perfectly (laughs) that way. But then, be and then you play it on some burnt out junior uh, junior high field, and you and you get ugly cheerleaders and a lousy band to. to I don't to think play. the NFLPA is signing off on that. Okay, maybe not with that part of it. But <laughs> and people say, well, but then why would the quarterback who's in line if he wins the game? What what incentive does he have to win mm. the game? It's a fair I point. I don't know. That's part of the strategy, coach. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Well, the problem, and and you'd have brand new coaching staffs, which would be which would be interesting. Ooh, but that's a, have, it's a preview to what could be ahead for them. You'd, Ooh. Have, you'd have to jump off of three weeks of vacation for all these players, so they wouldn't be in shape. A lot of injuries. That would be exciting. All right, they add, would add they would know the that game. they can't go on vacation. They've got a you big would game continue up. to play. Well, right, and who, well, how they excited would you be weeks? right now? How all we wouldn't be? Oh, yeah, we'll get the Panthers Broncos next week. But right now, we're talking mm. about yeah. Who is it? Who would it be again? It would be well, uh, the Browns and the Titans. Bra- I mean, who wouldn't you could have put it on? I'm not. You could make it Thursday night football, like in between the playoffs, so it's it, not three weeks later. It'd be too. a great way for Hugh Jackson to ruin his honeymoon period just three weeks into his <laughs> tenure. What? The- what? You got blown up by the Titans? This guy. Hey, guess what? <laughs> hey, hey, Hughes' first order of business. Hey, let's see what you got, Johnny Football. Get in what? there, pal. I love it. Would that the would Titans the even play I Marcus mean, Mariota in that game? Is that considered a playoff game? I guess it would be on some levels. Hey, the Browns back in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that's what's happening in the news. I'm Quizem, mate. That that's a, a fine British accent, and I don't know why you would say that, Dave. And that is probably the uh, you worst know what? We didn't British that. accent I've ever heard. <laughs> See, somebody agrees with me. All Gary, right. that's Gary himself. Let's move on to uh, what I call the bizarro pain rankings. And uh, Sydney, uh, as we know, you know the throne, the throne of ease is something we saw a lot of. And then there was, of course, the throne of sleaze and agony, uh, we, which we learned about as the season went on. On Sunday, we were introduced to, of course, the throne of the apocalypse. <laughs> Greg sitting on his throne. The cherubs flying away. They're trying to get away. Oh no. Oh. By the way, this. <laughs> that's not good. This same bit done hours after the game by by the same guy who would not allow a hint of joking matter about the Jets the day well, that was their season ended. <laughs> that that Brandon Brandon, for instance, had the idea to have the J E T S 
but then some explosions on a video. That would have been hilarious. And and you thought, no, that's <laughs> too bad we missed that's that bit. That's too much. That's too much. I was a so, good, that bit's so different. Than wait, that. are you being serious? I thought I was a good sport about the Patriots on Sunday. No, I don't care. I, See, I'm just you know, having that's fun. why even bringing this up because it's good to need. Explain, you. explain yeah, your the, the, team. It's, uh, it's good to need all the, the two-sidedness. Your Highness, why is it that the team is named after the those who fought to create a new a new world? The Revolutionary War. Why is it then when the Patriots maybe. honor one of uh, one of their greats, they give them a red coat? That's very strange. <laughs> very I, I agree strange. with Let's you. Let's get to it. That's a good question, Dave. Weird. <laughs> Let's go nine losses, as I said, in the Bill Belichick Tom Brady era in the postseason. A lot of wins, too, as we know. How many wins are there? What is their postseason record? I think it would be in the 20s, and they got the four titles. It's probably like 23, I would guess. Bastards. I'd go find out. Um, so, yes, <laughs> Greg Rank. play in a bum division every year. I guess that's what you get. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations to you, too, Peyton. <laughs> Ranking the nine losses. So, we'll go nine to one. Jets twice, Bills twice, Dolphins <laughs> twice for 15 years. Oh, well, it's really amazing. They get to the playoffs every year. Yeah, I guess so. Brady yeah. is uh, – I'd win nine or ten games a year against that company. You know what? I would love to have uh, three bye weeks like the Steelers have. You get your actual bye week in the Browns twice every year. Whoa. Nice. That'll be no, fine. Uh, no disrespect. Oh, no, no. Don't don't even no worry disrespect. about that. Your team is a bye week. No disrespect. <laughs> uh, Mark knows better than anyone. 22-9. and nine. So he started out 9-0, and oh, Tom and Brady and Belichick together, and they're 22-9. and nine. Wait, let me use some point. math. I'm good. 22 minus 9. Well, 13. <laughs> That'd be 13. That 13 and 9, which is still pretty good. Yes. It's anyway, here we go. Number nine on Greg's list. And, oh, this is really oh, sad. 2005 divisional round, Broncos 27, Patriots 13. That was the first loss, correct? That was the first loss. Not a great team. The, and, uh, you know, who doesn't like to see Jake Plummer win a game? The only play people remember from that game was uh, the Patriots, Ben Watson. Did he run down? Ran down Champ Bailey. Yep. Talk about a stake through the heart. It was disappointing because there was a point you thought maybe Tom Brady could go his whole career without losing a playoff game that he's oh, yeah. invincible. So that was disappointing. Number eight, the 2013 AFC Championship. You know you live a, a blessed life when an AFC title game loss is number eight out of nine. This was the one a couple of years back. It was the special Peyton year when he threw the 55 TDs, a 26-16 Denver win. But it makes sense where you have it on this. That was a superior team, right? An yeah, an inferior Patriots team. Denver was better with a decisive game. It, it hurts less when it's not that close. It hurts West just to have this conversation, I can tell. Well, we don't need to go through each one. Look, I can't West. believe we're going to go through all these uh, with the team that's won all these Super Bowls. I West, was, though, what's the most painful Bengals loss you recall? It didn't over. happen in September. I'm not making, it happened in January, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not Greg's out of his seat. Paul Brown was the most painful Bengals loss. All right, you weren't around. You yes, worst, I was. I'm not saying it's worse was, than being a Browns fan. I don't think I just you thought, are. I don't think you are. It's my whole thought was Patriots fans can definitely identify with this piece, but there's also every. I saw a lot of little bits, like everyone in the country was basically happy except for Patriots fan. There's that little sliver. Mm. There's the Broncos fans, and then everyone else is happy because they enjoy seeing the Patriots lose. So the, here's Greg knows what it's like to be a Yankees fan. One of my favorite got, things about re, this Patriots. Regale in all these losses. Uh, number seven, the 2012 AFC title game, Ravens 28, Pats 13. I remember that game. Uh, I remember your running back getting knocked out uh, brutally in the second half, which was emblematic of that game. Mm -hmm. Ravens were a better team that year, but were the underdogs. They were heavy underdogs. Yeah. I was shocked that they were eight-point underdogs in that game. At that point, I was starting to give up hope that they ever would win one of those things. That was the year after the Actually, Lee no, Evans the game. After the you thought yeah. when you watched the Billy Cundiff-Lee Evans game, you, th you figured – 
boy, I, I, hard for me to summon any sorrow for the Ravens, but I really did think that that's as close as they're ever going to get. They had them beat in Foxborough, and they gave it away. That's their last best chance at that, and then they went back a year later and whipped them. I didn't Congratulations. Here. That was embarrassing to be a Patriots fan that day. 2009 wild card Home weekend, loss. number six. I loved this one. This is one of my favorites. This was a, a 33-14 Ravens win. Tom Brady's first year back from the ACL. And those Patriots fans, those loyal Patriots fans, after three championships and endless playoff games, booing Tom Brady and the Patriots off the field after <laughs> an uninspired performance. What well, show some class, New England. It was one of the lowest moments of <laughs> Derek of, Jeter never got booed. It, the, st- <laughs> the, it, the stadium's half empty. Brady's walking off the field. Now, some people say now it's it was all the Ravens fans who are still left there booing him as he's no, walking no, in the no. tunnel. But there's this – he's walking into the tunnel, and it's windy, and there's, like, trash blowing around, and it felt like the end of something. People were like, the this the is end the of end Pace. of the Patriots yeah, dynasty. It it's all over there. Yeah, It's it like eight it years ago. Yeah. And now into the top five. Uh, Sunday's game, interesting. Number five, the 2015 AFC Championship Broncos, 20. 18. Why is this game not higher? It seemed pretty crushing. I had it four, and then I decided to change it. I think over time, I didn't want to be recency bias. Over time, it won't seem as crazy. But to lose to Peyton Manning again, to lose in the Broncos building for a third time, really the fact that it's Manning. You asked who's a bigger like rival than mm. the Jets, for instance, or who's their biggest rival. And I would say Manning is their biggest rival. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Colts or the Broncos, it's just Manning is their biggest really, rival. Really, I would have guessed the Ravens, actually. And then I would say Jets, Jets and the Ravens. Interesting. Speaking of the Jets, number four on this list, and this speaks to the, the disparate fan experiences <laughs> here. Uh, this was the greatest game of my lifetime, and it was a divisional playoff game. Jets 28, Pats 21, the 2010 AFC Divisional Playoffs. Of course, that was the Bart Scott can't wait game. Can't wait to go to Pittsburgh and fall behind 19 nothing in the first half the next week. Way to go, guys. Uh, but in this game, the Jets thoroughly – stop it, Dave uh, – thoroughly outplayed New England. It was 28-21, but that didn't even tell the story, Greg. I want Wes to speak during this segment. He's just sitting it out. This is like when Siciliano was on the show. Look, I sit out. I think it's you. I read this when you sent it in via me, email, and my first thought was it's really well done oh. and it's a good idea. Oh, yeah. You don't have to pretend. But no, no. But this idea that any of this is painful is laughable to me. This idea that all you guys with your whole <laughs> playoff losses are so painful, I just disagree oh, totally please. with the logic that we didn't get to the Super Bowl every year. That hurts. Well, it doesn't your matter. Your expectations They're are so way out of line. But how, so how you measure it, especially how I measure this, the closer you get to the Super Bowl, and if you're in the Super Bowl, the worse the loss I is. I totally it's agree, the, and I think you're dead wrong. Not having a it's soul. It's about me. Not having a soul because your team ripped it out of you for a decade is way more painful so, than, oh, we got to the Super Bowl. You're almost so I agree. What's your point? I'm not saying it's more. It's, I I'm said not it's really it's well done, second, and though, I like the idea. I'm not I, saying it's the most painful experience. I'm saying because they've been there, the reality is they have more tough, painful playoff losses in the last 20 years than the Jets and the Browns and the Bengals I just, combined almost. I just look at it totally different. You're lucky to be in the playoffs. I Enjoy the ride. Wes, okay. but didn't – is I would – I would imagine the most painful loss the Bengals ever had was in the Super Bowl to the 49ers, right? Well, I, losing Bill Walsh to the 49ers, losing Greg Cook's career, those are all more painful than any single game loss. Um, Wes is about as in touch with team fandom as Chris Berman That's totally is. untrue. I, I've had a more pained fan experience than any of you guys. I agree with everything you're saying, really, but it doesn't mean – not, just just the Bengals uniforms alone. 
off. Number three, the 2006 AFC title game, Colts 38-34. This is the game. Oh, you had Rex Grossman waiting for you in a big lead, mm. and he couldn't close the deal. This that one, one hurt. I agree with you. This one has hurt more over time even than it did at the moment because you had Rex Grossman waiting for you. You had a 21-3 to lead. You have the only Peyton Manning championship. So if the Patriots had won that game and they have another title and Peyton Manning has nothing – that would be even better. And that was that was a team with Rache Caldwell and Jabbar Gaffney as their starting wide receivers, and they still almost beat a great Colts team. Ugh. Number two. <laughs> this this is where I disagree because I think there is some revisionist history to protect yourself. No, I'm and not. The, I said everyone will disagree with me, but this is truly how I felt number at the time. Two, number two, the Super Bowl 42, the 18-0 and New England Patriots, uh, one game away from immortality, lose to the Giants 17-14 in the David Tyree game. It maybe is different for me personally because that's the first Super Bowl I ever covered and went to, which was a cool experience either way. But I think the second one that they lost to the Giants was worse because you were convinced it was never going to happen at that point. To lose to the Giants again made it almost doubly bad, and you just thought with Tom Brady, Mark saw it, I believe, catatonic in the locker room with his head on his hands. You're just like, okay, that was it. That was their last time. That would have made up for the other Giants one, but now it's even worse that they lost twice. So that one's why it's number one. And you could probably figure it out. Number, I disagree, but I, I see your logic. Number one, the second uh, matchup against the Giants, Super Bowl 46, a 21-17 loss, which was, and that was the first Super Bowl Mark and I were at. That was rough if um, you were a Patriots fan. That I, was they should have won that game four different times. Exactly. It was a lousy I'll, Patriots I'll always game. remember we were in this auxiliary box that was about lined up with a 30-yard line of, I think, the north end zone. I don't really know north and south. I'm guessing 50% chance. And Wes Welker, <laughs> that pass – uh, and it wasn't a great pass from Tom Brady. He catches that pass. It's probably over. You know what's weird about Super Bowl history? Like, they are the tight, They are the Super Bowl champions from that year, the Giants. It doesn't really matter how good that game is or how good those teams are. But those teams were so bad compared to, let's say, the Patriots and Seahawks that were in the Super Bowl last year or even the, the Cardinals-Steelers at the time of that game. Like, those teams were not playing that great, and they got to that point just because it was like a weak year in the NFL, and yet – it doesn't matter. You're there. Where would the Seahawks? That was going to be my question. Forty nine. Where would that one uh, rank? Oh, that had, uh, that would have been number one. I would have been one. Yeah, but the way Seattle would have won, worse. drive down the field with no. Time I think it gets easily. worse and worse the way you keep losing these these heartbreaking. On flu, the fact that it would have been the the accumulation, like you say, it's a, I, the Patriots went into Heinz Field in January of ought two, and then in ought five, and the second one is the one that will cause me to walk with the limp forever. I I'll would never agree. get over that. But if you would have gotten done by David Tyree, then Mario Manningham. And then that crazy Antonio Freeman, Javon Curse catch with a minute left in the Ooh, Super Bowl. That if that's awesome. what undid you, that would be the worst of all. And the thing I'll say is very quickly, you guys <laughs> have imbued Bill Belichick with too much credit. You're so used to praising him that in the last minute of that Super Bowl, the idea that Bill Belichick was oh, masterfully right. in the head of Pete Carroll and company, You're letting the clock this. run down. He's, no, that's what they want me to do is call a timeout, so I'm not going to. He froze and got lucky. That's what happened. What he should have called timeout. About? He should have called a timeout there. He got lucky that that, that the All play right. went down the way it did. That's why I wanted to say that. Please. Thank you. You said it last year on our post-Super Bowl uh, show. That's it for the conversation. <laughs> Wes, so by your logic, uh, John Taylor scoring that touchdown, 
they had already played three extra games that year. Didn't even hurt a Bengals fan. It it would not hurt me. That would on a scale of pain, that would be a one compared to the ten that was the nineteen nineties. I just we have totally different viewpoints on that. But I, I, you know, I love you. Well, you one know. caused me to quit the team forever, and I was an impassioned fan. And the other one, I just kind of okay. I wish it would have turned out differently. Big deal, no big deal. Even this, even this Broncos game, I was thinking they're you know late in it. Like I think I'm gonna, you know, I want to retire from fandom after Belichick and Brady. Like it's just gonna be. Uh, he's rolling his eyes. Up just enough of this retiring from fandom <laughs> stuff. You're a fan, or you're not a fan. If you're ret- if you're able to retire, and Wes, I know you have a different situation. If you could retire from being a fan, I don't think you were ever a real fan in the first place. Well, that's like saying every divorce never you. had real love. That that doesn't make any sense. I mean. Things change, and we're life. going into this on the DDFP on the other side of uh, the Super Bowl. Please be a part of these fan-based conversations right. because I, I was bitten by that. If Brady has now surpassed the Patriots. In ter- uh, Mario Lemieux did that with the Penguins for me. It's hard for me to fully ever since '66 hung it up. '66 be overwhelmed, and they've had my success. Passion. And they've had success. Since I mean, I too. yeah, winning Stanley Cup feels nice and all that, but. Yeah, I think you're going to go through that. Well, a lot, a lot of Patriots, Patriots fans. They're the greatest ever. Well, but outside of Greg, I know a Patriots fan that says, I kind of miss when we sucked. Mm. Back when, I've heard a lot of that. Right? Yep. Back in the, in, the, in the early 90s, I kind of miss it. And listen, I, I think from one angle, maybe you get it, the idea of completely starting over and maybe watching the team have to build out of something else. But give me a break. You have to make the flying Elvis Navy uniforms like a mirage, and as soon as Brady retires, you go back to the red That's hat true. Patriot ones, and then, good, and then you will be able to return good clean yeah, where you rehire were Pete Carroll. Bring back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sydney, let's roll right into our game. Win Wes's Toaster. Yes, it is a great game, an iconic game, really. Uh, within the industry of the NFL. Win Wes's Toaster, a game of skill and valor in which Chris Wessling, the maestro, the man with all the football knowledge, that's why we call him the mailman, the Flavin reference, um, will take on all comers, and he's slayed countless uh, listeners. Uh, it It got to such a tomato can factory scenario that we had to put the game on hiatus, only to bring it back when we think there's a challenger. Uh, worthy of the game. And I'm not saying Sheck is that guy. <laughs> Sheck has played the game twice before, been wiped out twice before, but Sheck has a deep knowledge of the game. It's more your strategy, Dave, that's haunted you in this game. Uh, you no, tend listen, to overthink and not, you don't think quick enough. Only get 60 seconds, as timekeeper Mark Sessler will tell Carpenter you. Carpenter doesn't br- blame his tools. I uh, Listen, I, I freeze. That's my problem. It's I, yeah, I, 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 It takes me way too long to process the clutch. <laughs> Mark, you just made a panic grab for your timekeeper Yeah, I don't have uh, any sort of timekeeping tool. All right, we'll figure that out. Okay. You can use my phone. It's not a great start on your end, though. How many, though? I I always am curious. So how many of the questions does Wes get in advance? Half or is it all? (laughs) (laughs) It depends. Now I know why Wes has been so ornery during this show, though. Oh, he's on edge. A little bit of uh, tight butt syndrome. A little tight butt? I I wouldn't say tight butt, but I'm nervous because – when it comes to, like, Super Bowl-specific trivia, I think Check might be more, more knowledgeable. I'm going to coach you up right here, Wes. you got to put all that behind you. you got to focus your mind on what's next. Dave has a quiet confidence to him. Never, not often quiet. In this case, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the rules as a reminder. Very loud confidence. Six questions. <laughs> NFL all Super Bowl-related. Larry Kinnebrew. And you get 60 Brew. seconds 
You get 60 seconds to answer the six questions. You could uh, skip and come back. You can uh, uh, stop at any time because the tiebreaker is how, how much time it took to get uh, how many you get right. So, for instance, if Wes and Sheck right. both get four, uh, but Wes does it in 47 seconds and Sheck did it in 38, Sheck's the winner. So those are the rules of the game, all Super Bowl related. And uh, because uh, Wes is the defending champion, the owner of the toaster, what would you do if you if you had the toaster, by the way, Dave? Make toast? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just any what toaster. What options are there? So logical. Greg, it's not just any it's toaster. not any toaster. You can press a button and put the logo of any NFL team on that. Any? Toast. I'm familiar with the ones that put just one seal, but I could get any of the 32. This one is any of the 32. Really, that's a, a good move because you is want a to, mythical toaster. Yes, you don't want to have you, you. don't want to toast your team, isn't it? To punctuate a victory, if your Jets, Panzus, <laughs> beat the Patriots, you at, at, at games end you could slide them over a piece of oh. toast. Like here you go, here's your team, fella. It's like the Eat Red up. Arbach victory cigar. Just the Damashek victory toast. I like the. I also like the Bud Light cans with the uh, logo on it because I would punctuate this season each law each Steelers victory by drinking a Bud Light uh, with the logo of the other one. Sort of like <laughs> drinking your milkshake, your Daniel Day Lewis at the end of the. Well, plus apparently I and I haven't actually ever read the the rules, but apparently you can just give the toaster to anyone you want because Weston actually win back his toaster. Oh, uh, oh wow. Oh. I won the toaster. I'm, I remain one. undefeated in this game against Wes, 1-0. And someone else, you know, a caller won the Bernie toaster. Bernie from Queens. And just gave, it to, just gave it to Wes. Well, he, here's well you're really a coward, by the way, Greg. Right, you, you ran from Douglas. me. You busted Douglas. You ran from me. He so, can return. No, well, he can return. I'm not a coward. I'm undefeated. You vacated the title. This ain't my thing. Right. West. You vacated the title. Wes can now compete for the crown, but the, right, that, exactly. that he that he resumes control. Of it the just toaster. shows what I don't know. I don't know. I, I get it. <laughs> I don't it's know what WWE. It's like the commissioner has to step in when the when the guy won't fight the number one contender. I'm just excited. Sixty seconds for now to have be able to push a button and it is going to produce a piece of toast with Chris Westling's face. On. Ooh. <laughs> All right. All right, Wes. As the champ, you now be gone. Uh, you will go to a soundproof booth, uh, and or outside. Uh, so last time we did this, last summer or whatever it was, you asked Hokum like, "What uh, commercial is Dick Butkus in?" That's not a that's not a question. Uh oh, that's not trivia. That's trivial. You, you understand? There's a the significant difference. Dave's confidence waning as we get closer. It's not to the not confident game. at all. I already know my. Can you slide over book. a little bit? The I only have the re- questions in my hands. You know what it is? It's I. The the only chance I have is the same one the Steelers had going into a mile high. Just, you know, listen, we, we have no chance, so we can let our hair down and uh, see what happens. All right. When Dave, would you Nervously like- speaking now, uh, Mark, we'll start playing when Sydney hits the music. That will, I mean, that will be the uh, signal to start the clock. You want a 10-second warning? 10-second warning for okay. Dave, yeah. Here we go. Wait, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. That's my fault. You're ready? Good, good way to good I, technical attack. Can I just huh? say right now, a, a man of my advanced age should not be – one one hundredth as nervous as I am. <laughs> I have no idea why I'm so nervous. That's good. I am very. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right. Two head coaches have appeared in six Super Bowls. Name them. Belichick and um, uh, uh, the uh, Broncos old coach. Uh, <laughs> so, Dan, pass. 
which future Super Bowl winning coach caught a touchdown pass from Roger Staubach in Mike Super Dick Bowl VI? This Panthers wide receiver led the team with 140 yards and a touch in Super Bowl 38 against the Patriots. Steve Smith. Uh, name three of the uh -huh. five assistant coaches on Bill Parcells' staff in Super Bowl 25 that went on to become NFL head coaches. Uh, Belichick, Peyton, Coughlin. How many? Three, three of the five. All right, I'll stop. Ten seconds. Okay. This Seahawks cornerback suffered a broken arm and a torn ACL following a first quarter interception. Jeremy Lane. All right. Who is the only starting quarterback in Super Bowl history not to complete a pass? Ten seconds. Done. Time. That's the time. Uh, official scorekeeper now, Greg Rosenthal. That was two. Jesus. That was terrible. Why can't I think of Dan Reeves' name in the moment? It wasn't right anyway. It wasn't Dan Reeves. We got to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you afterwards. We'll, tell we'll you get later, into it. That was not right. Two oh, good. I lingered on that one too long. Uh, keep a So I didn't face get up. the Giants coach, so they would have also been. <laughs> well, let's hang on, hang on. All right, all right. Let's bring in. Chris John Leslie. Payton, I a knew military was wrong when I said it, but I, I, I just couldn't do it. All right. Wes. See, being, I freeze in the moment. Wes is being called. Did you think the questions were fair? Very. Yeah, okay. they were good. It's right. good. Dang, the one that's got, I know the one that I gave no? you the correct answer. <laughs> Not after a word. I gave you the Not a word. guess. That was the one that might uh, undo me here. Chris Wessling now back in the room. Uh, he looks somewhat confident. I put him at a 6 out of 10 on the P scale. Getting more confident as he listens to Dave talk. I don't typically do this, Wes, but would you like to know how many questions Ooh, Dave that's got right? That's an interesting twist. Yeah. You are not going to tell me regardless. No, I wouldn't have. Here we go. When the music starts, we start. Two head coaches have appeared in six Super Bowls. Name them. Bill Belichick. Pass. Which future Super Bowl winning head coach caught a touchdown pass from Roger Staubach in Super Bowl VI? Dan Reeves. This Panthers wide receiver led the team with 140 yards and a touchdown in Super Bowl 38 against the Patriots. Steve Smith. Name three of the five assistant coaches on Bill Parcells' staff in Super Bowl 25 that went on to become head coaches. Can you repeat that? Name three of the five assistant coaches on Parcells' staff in Super Bowl 25 that went on to become NFL head coaches. Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Eric Mangini. This Seahawks cornerback suffered a broken arm and a torn ACL following Ten a fourth-quarter interception of Tom Jeremy Lane. Lane. Who is the only starting quarterback in a Super Bowl not to complete a pass? Uh, Earl Time. Morrill. Time. Scorekeeper? One. You know who the answer was? Uh, first of all, it's Tom Landry is the coach. Masin Muhammad is the one I got right. Is the is the one I would have gotten right. The winner. Oh my God! The winner is Dave Damashek. No, no, he's got the toast. I don't feel good. That was a hard one. Those were old questions too. Those favor me. Ditka is sick, right? Wes was right. He won the You had every right to be concerned. No, I am not like specifically Super Bowl savant in any way. And it was two to one. Tom Landry is the other. So I was thinking appeared in Super Bowls. That's why I got side wow. with Dan Reeves. These are the answers. Don Shula and Bill Belichick both appeared. Don Shula. I was yep. all right. One, one, with the, one with the Colts, yeah. Baltimore Colts, right, and five right, with the Dolphins. Right. Uh, Mike Ditka had the uh, touchdown reception from Staubach. Uh, you know who else caught Jack a touchdown pass in that game? Lance Allworth. How weird is that? The Panthers wide receiver was uh, Mushin Muhammad. 
Musin. Is that Moussin. what it was? Moussin. Moussin. Moussin Mahan. The five uh, assistant Surprise. head coaches. Surprised uh, neither of you got this one. Yeah. Uh, five were Ray Hanley, who came up recently. Tom Coughlin, Bill Belichick, Romeo Cronell, and one year with the Jets in 2000, Al Grove. I misheard the question. Yeah, that's that was what got you because you said Parcel. You were thinking Belichick. This Seahawks cornerback uh, suffered a broken arm and tore an ACL. You both got that, Jeremy Lane. They would have won the Super Bowl if he hadn't gotten hurt. And who's the only starting quarterback in the Super Bowl not to complete a pass? It was Tony Eason, mm. Super Bowl. Ah, uh, do you know that if you look up, I uh, look up Bob Greasy. I think he's the most fraudulent Hall of Famer of them all. He their <laughs> playoff games in years that they won the Super Bowl. Their playoff games where he throws the ball four times. Yeah, four total passes in the whole game. Um, well, two of four. All right, Wes, uh, your your thoughts. Were the questions fair? Yes, they were fair. They were they were difficult. They're just not up my alley. That's no fault of yours or the games. I'm just not a Super Bowl. And I, as uh, as as the committee head of the game, I am willing to say there is a little bit of an asterisk here. It is a, a Super Bowl it, trivia. We don't need an asterisk. However, Dave won. Fair and square. Win Damashek's toaster. I had the the freeze. Oh, Greg, going too on too. I froze. I froze on the Giants question. I froze on multiple questions. My my concentration level, I was like Carson Palmer out here. I was concerned for Wesleyan when he went with Steve Smith, which I think 99% of fans true. Steve Smith. That's true. I that was that when I was in trouble. That. I thought Ricky Prohl for a second, but never did I think Moussin Muhammad. Yeah, he had those 80 those Four big, for 140. Steve Smith plays. just seemed too easy. You wouldn't ask Steve right. Smith, and yet I felt, I, you know, I remember him catching one the long. The play where Rodney Harrison broke his arm. And you, I don't, you, I don't remember specific games nearly as well as you guys do. Um, I guess yeah, everybody's brain works differently. This is uh, a, as a Dan King production. We will have a big rematch at some point in the off season, and it will be we'll hype it up. You remember when? You remember when the pie? Now off? it's my game. Now Sha- I Sheck wasn't talking to me by the way for a while because <laughs> he heard through the grapevine that I thought the pie off got a little too big this year. Uh, <laughs> and it led to Dave and I not no, being the, on good terms for a the bit. Quote, the quote was, re- as reported by multiple sources, was, <laughs> I, I'm not going to do the pie off anymore. It's lost its charm. It's gone corporate. <laughs> lost its charm. <laughs> <laughs> it's charm. I think I'm pretty sure that was in jest. But, I, you know, th- I want to now make the same mistake. I want to blow out the rematch. Mm. I want to, you know, maybe we can get it on stage two and really get this thing going in the uh, offseason. Not charming enough. <laughs> My favorite. Dave didn't talk to me for like two. My weeks. favorite heat of the I year. I apologize, Dave. Dan and Dan and Sheck warring after the pie off. It's great <laughs> stuff from both sides. <laughs> both sides. I. This is a coup d'état by Damashek, though. That's true. It is pretty pretty tepid take, one. Well, <laughs> take, take it over our show. <laughs> it's hard for me to be very proud when <laughs> I put up two. It's true. It's rare that a pair of tomato. I'm there. You could, if you're listening right now, you could tell there's. A little in the air, like a stun, a stunned feeling in the air. Did not think a two to one final. Well, there's probably tons of tomato cans in Britain, in Australia, New Zealand, thinking I could have gotten two. That's what they always say, though. That's what Everyone they always, say. always says. They got, oh, I, I got, got six, six on the tryouts when Gold Standard interviewed. Yeah, when the lights are up, it gets harder. So it is way. I mean, you. Heard, I mean, I was wrong ultimately, so it doesn't make a difference. But Dan Reeves, I couldn't summon the name Dan Reeves. I, I mean, I'm thinking of him standing there. <laughs> Glasses and his uh, beige over, but that wasn't even a I response. I know, no, but, but he was. But I was thinking he's in it. six Super Bowls. Oh, I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about as a player as well. So I thought, well, he was in there with the Cowboys <laughs> and then as a coach. Yes. So there we go. There you have it, Dave wow. Damashek. You've said it all, and then you've done it all. You did it all today. 
not only a solid, rock solid appearance, you won a toaster. Uh, you are a, a, a champion. I can't show my sa- my face on the island for some time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the island even knows about this game. <laughs> this is going to make national Well, it's headlines. being scrubbed from island history very quickly. <laughs> yes. I'm going to send them all a piece of toast. A lot of my actions got scrubbed from island history. We'll be back on Thursday. A uh, good friend of the show, Colleen Wolf, will be back in the house uh, sitting in on the show. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then a couple days later, we're off to San Francisco where, as we said, we'll do a couple shows, and maybe Thursday we'll talk about it, maybe the possibility of some type of podcast tweet-up at a a tavern in San Francisco. Uh, We'll talk about that on Thursday. Dave, what will you be doing in San Francisco? Oh, this, that, and the other. Jam-packed media night, whatever they have called it, opening night or whatever. That's when Damashek shines. The best question ever, media night. Dave, I hope you're asking it again. I don't know if you do it every year. No, you haven't is, been doing it. You lately. consider this a must-win situation. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring that back. If you like I that one, I'll bring I it back. I love that one. I did that once a couple years ago. <laughs> I like that because so many people, not only the players, but even like media members and stuff hadn't like didn't get it at all. Well, last year I, I was Cuts through all the hokum of Super Bowl week. I like the uh, deflate gate in, uh, in the shadow of deflate gate asking all the Patriots if they were pumped up for the game and not one of them got, uh, got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, also you got to be pumped up. If you're not pumped up for the Super Bowl, what are you doing here? I like Brandon Browner yelled at me. In fact, that's that a stupid a question. One. Get out of here. I like you asking multiple Patriots whether Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo is the more handsome of the two. <laughs> a lot of thought-provoking answers. This year we could do Cam Newton or Luke Keekley. Did a, Brandon wow. Browner get called for a penalty as he was yelling at you? <laughs> <laughs> Hitting the side of the head with uh, a yellow flag. <laughs> hey, muzzle tub to you fellas on the gargantuan success of uh, the around the NFL. Oh, thanks, Dave. And uh, thank you for the toaster, Wes. <laughs> you and earned we'll, it. And we'll all get to dinner, get get a dinner in San Fran. It's fun to go to dinner with Dave because he does it right. Maybe we'll run the wheel. Is that the saying? Get the wheel. Get That's the wheel. Uh, that belongs to David Feeney, my uh, my pal. He to impress a lady. If you're uh, if you're a gentleman suitor out there looking for <laughs> your lady love, and you are going on a first date, he advises, and I think it's a gangbusters move. Get the wheel, which is should we get an appetizer, uh, Angela? Yeah, okay. What do you, I don't know. I like calamari. You know what? If you if you're not sure which one you want, we're getting them all. Get me every appetizer. It shows an uh, it it shows that you uh, have a joie de vivre. You know, a joie de vivre. <laughs> it also sets massively false financial tendencies out yeah. there. But but it but it says well, you, you, it says it all. I, I like don't care. You don't, I like you, don't, you don't have to take a single bite, but just have a little nibble. You like that one? Whatever. Sample all there is. I'm going to try like. it on the wipe and see if. What it if works. the girl's just not worth it? All right, let's get. Well, that's for another. That's for is the girl worth it podcast coming up in the off season. Uh, let's get out of here. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman hanging there, Cliff, Shaq, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 